Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Biddy always knows how to, get, how to get his hype on a Friday by playing Piano Man. Just a pure banger coming in to end out the week. <laughs> we always appreciate it. Thanks to Fiddy there playing Billy Joel. Man, this was a while back. Before we actually had the show, you kept doing yep. this. And then you decided to bring it back as we were integrating more music into the system. Let's go to Kai Jones. I was out there at the Spectrum Center a while ago, and I was talking to him about the improvement of him this season being his second year in the NBA, just what he's learned under Steve Clifford. Also, how many shots he's getting up every single day, still working on his three-point shooting. Here's that interview right now that I had with Kai. Kai, I appreciate the time, man. How are you? I'm blessed, man. How about you? I'm doing well, Kai. And as you have this season come to an end, just when you reflect back, even if there's a couple games left, how do you feel like the season has gone for you individually, the kind of growth that you've made in just your second season in the NBA? For me, it's been a huge jump just in terms of learning composure and how to win a basketball game, just learning all the schematics and what's important. You know what I'm saying? Like, So it was great for me just learning a lot about myself and how to win with guys. You know? You said composure. I know at the beginning of the season, you had high hopes as far as the kind of run that you were going to get. And you've been getting a lot of run here recently. In the middle of the season, it wasn't coming as much. How would you describe, I don't know, is roller coaster uh, an accurate depiction? How would you describe this way that the season has gone for you individually? I mean, for me, it's been great just like learning and growing, like I said, about myself. Even those times when I wasn't playing, I was just developing at such a rapid pace that I was just seeing my own growth as a player and as a man. So I was happy with that. Um, and then like just an increase in happiness and a deeper love for the game too as the year went on so I just learned more about the love of basketball fell more in love with my sport so that was great there's a lot of conversation about whether even with your versatility being what it is whether the best position is suited for you at power forward at the four or at the five I know you have a lot of high hopes for yourself at both of those positions has there been one this year that you felt more comfortable with that's come a little more naturally to you I mean, at both positions, to me, the same skill set is required, you know, be able to make shots, going left and right, you know, same thing in the G when I was playing the five, being able to roll, dunk, and defend multiple positions, so, and rim protection. So, to me, those two spots are similar skill set. You want to just max out as a player, so wherever I'm at on the floor, I just want to be comfortable. That's why I train the way that I do. Is there any difference that you can point to as far as the five and the four at what, okay, this is what Coach Clifford has given me to do at this spot? I mean, in the, at the, it's the same thing because at the four, you want to make sure your screening angles are on par like with the rest of the NBA. And the same thing with the five, like you want to have good screening angles and good attention to detail. At the four, you want to make sure you're rebounding, blocking shots. At the five, you want to make sure you're rebounding, blocking shots. At the five, you got to play post defense at an elite level in terms of fronting the post and, you know what I'm saying, goals and coverages and stuff like that. Um, and at the four, or you want to work on your coverages too, but I would say the difference is on defense with the five man. You got to make sure you know those different coverages. Like we don't really switch that much here at the five. So it's but at the four it's the same thing. There's zone, there's drop, there's um uh, full rotation. So it's different things. But um yeah, they're both the same. It, it's yeah. crazy. Like you just got to know your defensive coverages and you got to know um 
you got to go play basketball on the offensive end. The same at the five, yeah. Kai, not to belabor, belabor your improvement and your understanding of the game, but this is the same dude that coming into last year that that coaching staff told you, hey, you can't just dunk everything, and that's what you were trying to do, right? Yeah. And that's what it was, and you still want to be aggressive, but now you're talking with such nuance in your second yeah. season, and it's interesting to hear you talk about screen angles first and foremost. Yeah, yeah what, what are some, what are some of the biggest when, – when, is there a game that where some of this clicked? Like, oh, okay, I see that on the film when I had that screen angle, when I was fronting the post like I was. Is there something where you felt it all come together a little more so than usual? I mean, for me, I'm still developing in that area, to be honest. But um, last game, I saw some growth in it. And then um, in the G League, I saw some growth in it, too. Uh, and then in the, throughout the preseason as well, that was something that I wanted to work on throughout the whole year. So I've been, I just need to get more consistent with it. But also, it's different reads when you're on the floor in terms of your screen angles, different screen angles for different situations. So it's like you want to, you just read the situation. But um, yeah, I definitely grew in that area a lot. And then like with the dunking and everything, like you know, I, you always want to try to attack the rim and dunk on people. But Please don't stop dunking. I'm not trying to tell you that. Don't, life, don't do that. Never in life, it's too much fun. But. And they were telling me not to just juggle anything. They were just trying to help me understand, you know, it's all levels of the game. You got to work on and understand it and understand, like, you know, the intelligence aspect of it, too, so you can grow. It's like being like a painter, just understanding the technique, like, stuff like that. How much has Steve Clifford meant to you this year as far as all that improvement goes? Oh, Steve Clifford's been great. You know, he's hard, but I like that. You know, he's really grilling you. Like, he just wants you to get all the nitty-gritty details down so you can be successful. Like, you know, you look at him and you're like, oh, what is this older guy? No, but he's really hip to, like, what you actually want to do. Like, Coach Clifford has a pretty good idea who he who I actually want to be. Like, so he coaches me in that regard, and he's like, well, you know, just stay in the gym. You know, keep shooting Bruce and um, keep working on your ball handling and, you know, be yourself out here don't you know and just keep working no fear you mentioned shooting with bruce legendary shooting coach yeah. we have the stories about how he was able to really help kemba's shot come along i know marvin williams i think he told me he was putting up 500 shots a day at yeah. one point what kind of number do you have are you putting up anything close to that right now bro i don't know the number but i go in this gym <laughs> a lot and i make like i just try to make a lot in a row yeah so like i can have a consistent like you know what i'm saying yeah. like so when i go in the game it's just natural but i do get a lot of work in i've done early mornings in here sure. nights with d-roy too and like you know spend extra time with the coaches but i don't know the number I don't yeah. really count it, but I, lot, yeah, I just make sure I'm making shots, you know, try to keep it wet. But I still need to progress in that area, yeah. too. I think that's an area of my game I really should focus on more as a player. like Shooting? Yeah, my three and my free throw. Like, just have that in my brain, you know what I'm saying? You know? Yeah, well, has, he, has he done anything to tinker with your shot formation at all since you've been working with Bruce? Not necessarily. I mean, like, you know, just keeping a consistent form and feeling the ball and stuff like that. Yeah, that's the most important part. L last thing before I, I'd get you out of here when you're talking about just at the end of the season here you are getting an opportunity where you've had so many injuries it's been ridiculous this season but that has given you an opportunity not only in the g league but coming here in the regular season what are some of the things you want to continue to focus on the last two games and then going into the year yeah screening angle my defense and okay. rebounding the ball and just winning focusing on those little details that leads to winning the same way i focus on those little details on the offensive defensive end it's going to lead to like everything coming together awesome stuff that's kai jones from the spec Center. We appreciate it, Kai. Thanks again. Sure, appreciate you guys. Thing about Kai is when you ask him how he's improving, he's actually going to give you some detailed answer rather than just get in the gym every day, put up shots, making sure I'm lifting weights, try to get better, take it <laughs> one day at a time. You know, just take my coaching and uh, yeah, just try to get better every day. All right. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> you know, that's, that's how often these things go, right? Yeah. Like that's what we see. 
but he gave you screening angles galore. Lots of screening screening angles. Do you like that, Fiddy? The basketball nuance in which Kai Jones is speaking about? Dude, I, I'm always here for guys to break down like the actual technique yeah. and stuff like that. But so, that's what's cool about him, man. So yeah, no, that 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 was that was really that was that was a really good interview. That may have been of all the guys we brought on this year, and I don't want to slight any of the other ones. That one outside of Jalen McDaniels with the whole parking pass <laughs> yeah. thing, that one was probably the most insightful one we had this this year. It was. Well, and look, playing the four or the five has been a big point of conversation about what is best for Kai Jones' career. And he's trying to tell everyone there are actually a lot of similarities as what you're supposed to do. Now, on the court, I think you can see somewhat easily that he's better at the five right now than he is at the four. I thought it was interesting that Kai Jones was talking about shooting more threes and that he said how he wants to have that more part of his game as he goes on. And I think that's where your versatility is able to thrive, because if you're out there on the perimeter, you have the seven foot player that he is with, you know, the fluidity that in which he can move, having that crossover, having some dribbling skills at that size. Not great, Mm -hmm. but having that kind of ability, I think that does matter. And so when you talk about. Kai Jones, when he's discussing his ability to shoot, I think all that matters. And it's interesting to try to decipher, is he four? Is he five? Is he both? Always was going to be a project. As soon as you drafted him, I thought this timeline made a lot of sense. Maybe by year three, that's when you'd start to see the fruits of the labor. But clearly is attacking this game from a level of trying to understand all of the different details that allow you to get out there on the floor. And then you can start to add what the sexy parts of the game are shooting, getting as many, you know, scoring opportunities as possible. And I think he takes that to heart. Yeah. And I think when you talk about stuff like screening angles and things of that nature, that's a young player that's paying attention to details, that's paying attention to the little things that's going to make him better. And that's the thing I took uh, from that interview that uh, would give you the most hope if you're a Hornets fan. And this is a young man paying attention to every aspect of basketball. You have a lot of guys that come in, they just focus on uh, putting the ball in the basket. They just want to score as many points as possible. Don't focus on really anything else because we know uh, for most of these guys now, points pay the bills. And if you can come off and and get buckets on a regular basis, you're going to be a a very rich man. You know what I'm saying? So for him to be paying attention to all those little things, it tells you that he wants to get better uh, and that he's studying and doing everything that he possibly can, turning over every rock to do so. Yeah. Mark Williams seems to be your center of the future. You just gave Nick Richards a contract extension mm-hmm. at $5 million a year over the next three seasons. Where is Kai Jones in that entire mix? It's a fascinating question because he does have versatility. They traded up. Remember, if you are talking about sunk cost, you traded up for this guy. And with that draft pick that you traded to the New York Knicks, everybody was so happy because the protection was very heavy on it. I think it was top. It was definitely lottery protected. Then it was like top 17 or whatever. And everybody was happy because it means, oh, okay, if the Charlotte Hornets get the 15th or below or higher, I should say, however you want to view it, then the Hornets are going to pick a player. All cool. The problem is you don't have control with that selection and you can't trade it for a better player. And that's what hurt you in the Donovan Mitchell sweepstakes. Everybody was like, wait, why is Cleveland going? Why are you not putting up everything that Cleveland is on the table? Well, they can't. Because you can only trade the four picks, the four swaps. That's what Cleveland was doing. Plus, they had better players anyway as far as the assets that could go out. So you traded a draft pick that you did not own in order to trade to enhance your roster in real time. And now Kai Jones is a guy that cooking, cooking, but still not ready to come out of the oven yet. Hopefully he's there 
in his third season, but you also have Mark and Nick Richards. So really fascinating development there as far as where he could be in the Charlotte Hornets future. Real quickly, I did want to mention one thing about the CBA, some of the new CBA details. Don't know if anybody has seen this on Twitter. Adrian Wojnarowski tweeted out some of this. Sham Sharania did the same thing, a part of The Athletic. I think one Charlotte Hornets-centric detail to mention here is the fact that the rookie contract extension has increased by $20 million. So the way that that matters for the Hornets is the fact that LaMelo Ball is about to get that back. And so all of the conversation about him possibly leaving him just seeming like an L.A. guy, him being from California, him being too much of a star to stay here in little old Charlotte, well, now he's going to have to say no to possibly $20 million more than what was true under the original CBA or the CBA before this new one that's about to take effect. I just find it harder and harder to believe that LaMelo would actually leave this team by saying no thank you to a rookie contract extension. Yeah, and that's definitely going to help teams keep their players, and I think uh, Charlotte fans have to be happy to hear that because that is a lot of money uh, to turn down. And then we've heard reports, we talked earlier in the season about the article that came out came out that he seems to really like it here. So the fact that they can give him $20 million more dollars definitely helps. It does, and, and I'm – I'm I'm happy about that. I'm also happy that LaMelo has always told you how much he likes it here. Mm-hmm. Any of that noise is outside noise. Never. I, it's not even really come from LaVar, if I'm not mistaken. I, LaVar, I think, has maybe had a couple of criticisms for the Hornets organization. But I don't think he's ever said anything crazy about how LaMelo wants to leave, how he should go to a different team or anything like that. And as we've seen with Lonzo, just because LaVar might say something doesn't mean that his kid is going to agree with it. Correct. And we saw that with Lonzo. These guys are their own individual people. And LaMelo seems to like it here in Charlotte quite a bit. At least he's told us a million times. So just another thing I wanted to point out about the CBA. Let's talk a little more about the Panthers. Wes was discussing luxury picks at 39. Who could possibly be there? Who is a realistic luxury pick that could be there at 39? We'll discuss some of those options coming up next. Weston Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to the Weston Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. As we keep it pushing through the 2 o'clock hour, talking about the Panthers NFL draft, hit us up on the text line, 704-570-9610, the Garage Door Guru text line, that is. And hit us up on social, hit that follow button, Weston Walker Twitter, WFNZ Twitter, and the WFNZ Instagram NFL drafts, the name of the game. The Carolina Panthers are controlling that at the top with the number one pick, but the number 39 pick 
Still a raging debate on that as far as what you want, what you don't want. We talked about a few luxury picks and positions, overarching positions that we would like for the Panthers to take. But let's talk about some of them that we would not want them to take on top of still throwing some guys out there that we would like to see uh, the Panthers get. And so I'll start at 39. We've talked a ton about wide receiver. Uh, One guy that Tony Pauline talked about a lot was uh, Cedric Tillman. He was another guy from Tennessee. That's a guy that you could look at at that 39 spot. Kind of puts you into not necessarily all-out DK Metcalf type of of mindset, but this is a big physical receiver, 6'3", 213, uh, four five four forty yard dash thirty seven inch vert man. So this is a guy uh, that is explosive, big body receiver. Eats up the turf, stacks corners up. Doesn't have a problem uh, with catching contested passes uh, at all. He shrugs the DBs off, or it doesn't matter if they're on him or not. He's got great uh, skills catching the football as far as ball skills, getting it up in the air or uh, whichever way you want him to catch it. This is a guy, uh, also a receiver, that we haven't talked about much that could be there for the Panthers. Is it wide receiver or bust for you, or what is uh, a position of strength that you also would mind? We know you you kind of like the Jameer Gibbs angle that I took as far as taking another back, but what's a position of strength that you feel like the Panthers could take that you'd be okay with? Um, well, I mean, wide receiver still is number one. That's, I can't imagine that changes at all leading up to the 39th overall selection. I just, am, I'm going to want to get that wide receiver to help out Terrace Marshall, Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, and, and all of the pass catchers that I do think Carolina's done a good job at just bringing back to par. But this is one where, okay, now we can have somebody towards the future to where maybe they're able to give you a ton of production. And Josh Downs is one. I think I think Downs qualifies as a luxury pick. I do. I think Zay Flowers is probably not going to be there at that oh, point. Yeah. And so this is one where it, at, it used to be where, okay, yeah, keep an eye out on Zay. But as the pro days hit, as the combine hits, it looks like Zay Flowers is going to be gone by that time. So wishful thinking. Now maybe you trade up. But I just can't imagine this team trades up, right? Yeah. Not, especially with the Scott Fitterer point of view of wanting to have as many picks as possible. I mean, we've seen him operate a couple of times in the NFL draft after you've given up everything you did to go get number one. I don't think they're trading up in the first round again. So I think Josh Downs qualifies. I don't think Jalen Hyatt does qualify as luxury pick. I think it, it qualifies as a, okay, you like the wide receiver. He could be there. But he has not gotten a whole lot of hype as this offseason went on. The season was very good for him with Hendon Hooker, mm-hmm. but he's not necessarily as big of – I'm going to figure out this text message one day. So you, you think wide receiver is uh, – because I think it's a position of need no matter who they get, but you think depending on the type of receiver they get, it could be gotcha. a luxury. You're saying luxury as far as, okay, we are actually somewhat strong at this position and we're going to add And it's a player that. there that's just – yeah. Too much to pass up. That's why I said like the Jameer Gibbs. No, but I was just asking you, though, still staying with where you're going, mm-hmm. do you think that the type of receiver they get could be a luxury? Because that sounded like where you at when you said Downs yeah. is a luxury. Well, a luxury. Then you said like Jalen Hudson, Jalen Hyatt, in your opinion, is not a luxury. Yeah, I, I think as far as, okay. I think that's who, interesting. Who? Well, who are the guys that could possibly fall to them and – you feel lucky that they did. Mm. I guess that's what I was kind of taking this. I think you're probably right with your definition. I took it a different way. No, I still like where you were going with that. That was interesting, the type of receiver being a luxury. Well, Hyatt, to me, if he's a burner, and then at the combine, 
he doesn't run as fast as you expected. Like we expected some blazing speed. Okay. And then he gave you what a four four two four 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 something like that. Let me. Uh, which is not him. slow. I'm not trying to call the guy slow, but he's also small, right? So if you're small and what? you're not crazy fast, and it's not like you are the route runner that Josh Downs is, as far as the way that he's being evaluated, I wouldn't hate drafting Jalen Hyatt. But to me, I think that's why when we're talking about who would you feel lucky falls to you, I'm cool with taking the shot at Hyatt, but I feel very good and I feel lucky if Downs falls to us. I I think the thing about Jalen Hyatt is like, dude, he was schemed open really, really well. And that's not a a knock on him, but he ran like one or maybe two routes. I don't think his route tree is diverse as Josh Downs. And I don't think he has much to offer an offense like Josh Downs does where he can play inside and you can play him on the outside get him involved in jet motions and all this type of stuff. Like, dude, if Hyatt's there at 39 and the Panthers draft him, nobody should complain about that. But I don't think you're sitting there, you know, rejoicing that he fell to you at 39 because I think he's going to be there regardless. Right, and that's that's kind of the angle I was taking too, and so I think that's one guy. But as far as positions go, yeah, I think Jameer Gibbs, it's tough to say that's a luxury because it's not like you are overwhelmingly strong at running back. It's a good signing for Miles Sanders. Questionable if you don't like the amount of money that's going to the guy from Philadelphia. But at the same time, drafting Jameer Gibbs on top of paying that kind of contract when you could have had Deontay Foreman with a plan to draft Jameer Gibbs in the second round or whoever you feel is a pass-catching running back coming out of the backfield. To me, I think that would kind of fit the luxury bill that would, uh, you know, that I could see, yeah, that I could see the Carolina Panthers do. Now to go back uh, on your point on Jalen Hyatt, I think he ran about what I expected at four four flat. I mean, that's cooking. I mean, that, that's that's pretty fast. So I wasn't disappointed with him there, but I agree with Fiddy in that the scheming him open at Tennessee. But I still think that he would be a good get for the Panthers because especially with the type of receivers that you have, he would be a guy that would come in and compliment them really well. Uh, when you have guys that can work the middle of the field like an Adam Thielen can, Chark has the speed as well that you have to respect, but then you have this kid and then you also have uh, uh, Hayden Hurst in the middle of that field as well. The tight end, I think definitely with the offensive minds that the Panthers have, they are going to find some ways to get high at the football deep down the field. So I think he wouldn't have any problem coming in uh, being able to do that. Now, you talked about uh, the, the Jameer Gibbs pickup. Also, linebacker, I, I had a a little bit of a dilemma trying to figure out if that's a position of strength at this point, but I would probably say so with Brian Burns sitting there, the type of year that Frankie Louvu had, and then Shaq Thompson with what he's been able to do over the last few years. I think linebacker's fairly strong now. Them going to the 3-4 scheme, you need that fourth guy. So would you consider linebacker a position of strength, or do you feel like at this point with the scheme switch, it's a position of need? Well, you've talked about the Frankie Louvu contract situation a few times. It's not going to hurt you going into this year, but it's going to hurt you after the season is done. If he has another big year like he had last year. Well, and he'll be looking for a bigger contract anyway. Yeah. So you have to decide whether you want to pay. do this year. Well, and but and and I don't I don't think even if he holds out, I don't think he wins that contest. I just Carolina is not going to give in and say, OK, right. Like they're not going to. OK, now we'll pay you. Maybe they do because they just want to keep him around long enough. Cool. But if they don't, I don't think they're going to give in because Luvu is going to have this contract holdout or anything like that. All that to say, you can draft the linebacker, and that could be your guy for the future, especially with Shaq Thompson's age. Don't know how much longer he's going to be here. And so this is this is the same thing that happens with wide receivers. Man, 
how many people would be angry when the mock drafts would come out a couple of years ago? You had DJ Moore. You had Robbie Anderson coming off of a 1,000-yard season. You still had Christian McCaffrey, and everybody is angry at all the Carolina Panthers. They can't draft a wide receiver in the first round. It would be idiotic. It would be so stupid. Maybe you don't think positional value matches what a first-round pick should be there. Fine. But you can see how DJ Moore might need some help on the outside because it's nice to have two awesome receivers. Jamar Chase is fantastic, but he still has T. Higgins on the other side. Smart move offensively, at least in the interim, before you have to pay those guys big contracts. And then it's Robbie Anderson, who is aging, and yet people didn't want to continue to build for the future at that position if the best player available, like a C.D. Lamb. This is when we were talking about C.D. Lamb. And when he would be mocked to Carolina every once in a while, I'd be like, oh, nope, I don't want to draft him. We're already strong at receiver. Things can change extremely quickly. Just look at what happened this past season. And so for linebacker, if you want to invest in that position for the future, even if you have Shaq Thompson and Frankie Louvu, that'd make a lot of sense to me. Like, okay, you, you think this guy is a real stud at 39. Cool. Go ahead and draft him. And then we'll see if he can be that guy going forward. And I would have no problem with it. So, yeah, I, I think linebacker is an interesting one. A lot of people are texting in offensive line. I think that's probably the one we can all agree on more so. Mm-hmm. Offensive line is strong. I'm going to have zero problem with you drafting Osiris Torrance, according to the Todd McShay mock draft. Any of these other guys you feel like you can put on the inside and really help out. I think that is, uh, I would put that as the number one position yeah. uh, of luxury to draft. I think if you did go linebacker, I think the ultimate uh, luxury item that they could be able to get there. A guy that ranges up and down the board, but as far as just workouts, tape, everything kind of matching up. Trenton Simpson from Clemson, hometown kid out of Mallard Creek High School, but 6'2", 235, 4'4", 40-yard dash. So, I mean, this guy's as fast as uh, Jalen Hyatt, but he's in a linebacker's body, 40-and-a-half-inch vert. He would be a guy that I think a lot of people are considering him. You see him ranging from anywhere, middle of the first round, to top of the second round, I think if the Panthers found themselves looking at him, uh, he more than likely would be an offensive line. I mean, offensive. He would more than likely be an outside linebacker, uh, but he's so versatile. Clemson moved him around a lot, like they did Simmons. I think he would be a great get for the Panthers, especially with Ajero Evero having those multiple fronts, and he could move him all over the place. Here is what ESPN lists as their top needs quarterback, wide receiver, pretty clearly. The next three are inside linebacker, edge, and cornerback. I think both of us can agree quarterback, wide receiver, still needs for this team. Mm -hmm. I think you'd put those as the top two, but you can rearrange them as you want. So what would your order be there? So QB number one, they're going to take care of that with the first overall pick. So we know what it is, but we also expect them to take that pick, right? Wide receiver, 39. We've talked about that quite a bit. Inside linebacker, we were just discussing. Where does edge and cornerback rank on this list of the five positions they just put out there? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I definitely go like you said. Quarterback and receiver would be the two picks you would want the most right there. And then after that, you're talking about. Uh, I think they need an inside linebacker. I will go there next to fill uh, out the rest of those four backers that you'll need. And then edge. It, it's tricky now with edge because, uh, like I said. Is Louvu going to step in and fill that role admirably because you have one in Brian Burns because that edge now becomes that outside linebacker. So uh, I would go with inside linebacker, then edge, mm-hmm. because I feel like edge is already taken care of in the short term unless there's just a guy sitting there that you just can't pass him up. But uh, inside linebacker, I'd put it three, then edge. And then what was the last position? Cornerback. Cornerback, yeah, which corner. is, you know, 
It's a troublesome history with what they have on their roster. Yeah. And, and J.C. Horn, look, we've had our debates about J.C., yeah. but J.C. is your number one corner. Yeah. So it's not like you missed on that. Dante Jackson has the contract. You traded for C.J. Henderson. You gave up a pick for Stephon Gilmore, and he left. So they've made a lot of moves at cornerback. I still think Scott Fitterer values that position a lot. And so you missed on C.J. Henderson. There's a bad trade. Right now, 100% a bad trade. Stephon was fine. I mean, you take that risk every single time. Six-rounder, cool. Stephon is really good, and you thought you were going to win that year. J.C.'s a hit, but Dante's always injured. C.J.'s not working out for you. You know, so is and this JC is hurt too. So that's something yeah, you have to no, take sure. into account as well. Yeah, even if you like JC, right? He he has had a bad injury history. So cornerback, that's a sneaky one that if there's a really good guy there at 39, I wouldn't hate it. Yeah. Right? Because once you get past the first round, the whole draft for need or draft best player available, man, you're trying to get guys that you think can reach the, you know, reach the top of the game because you're only a f- you're, you're seven picks away from the first round. You're, you're still getting guys possibly that might have a first round grade for some of these other teams. You know, some teams will come in only 23, have a first round grade, whatever. Maybe some of those guys fall to you at 39. And if that guy is a cornerback and you think he could be a really good one, absolutely put that guy opposite of J.C. Horn Dante's contract you can move off of. CJ, you're kind of done with. And, yeah, cornerback makes a lot of sense. Do you think Eric Rowe, who they just picked up, do you think that they plan on now? He was at corner in Miami. Then they moved him back to safety, which they said helped him. But then he lost his job to their draft pick from 2020 uh, at the safety position. Do you think, uh, Brandon Jones, do you think that he's a guy that maybe they're looking at for corner depth or safety depth? Because when they brought him in, I said, well, you already signed Von Bell. And then, so your safeties are pretty set. So is he going to be safety depth or do you think corner depth? I think yes. I think yes. I think both. I think for safety depth too, you know, I know they have Xavier Woods on the squad right now. And I'm trying to think of some of the other signings they have. But we know Jeremy Chin is someone that they're going to move around a lot. Ajero Averro, I think he wants to be multiple as we've talked about. And that's something similar to Phil Snow, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, as far as that aspect goes, I know Phil Snow wanted Jeremy Chin in the defensive backfield, but we have seen Snow when they didn't have, um, when when they were putting Jeremy Chin up front his first year in the league, Jeremy liked it a lot. And so at least Avera was going to do that. I think Rowe comes in and emergency seems a little too far-fetched, but he's someone that can provide depth if you need it. If somebody yeah, goes he down. 56 tackles yeah. last year. Yeah, I think Eric Rowe can come in and help you out corner or safety depth. I don't think you have to choose. Yeah, and then real quick, you know, a linebacker that I definitely have my eyes on for the Panthers that I think would be crazy if they could get him is Jack Campbell uh, from Iowa. I mean, this dude is a dog. He was uh, rated the fourth-best linebacker in college football last year. Uh, according to Pro Football Focus, but 6'5", 249 at the mic and runs the 4'6", 540, 37.5-inch vert, man. So you're getting that explosiveness, the athleticism. I think if he's sitting there in the second round, that would be a great pick uh, for the Panthers, man. He's, he's, he's pretty solid in coverage as well, you know, sufficient. But uh, this is a guy that definitely could fit into that defense well, I think. And I'm looking at edge rusher depth, and even if, you know, you have Will Anderson at the top, I don't know what the consensus is here, but you do see a lot of tantalizing names up here. You know, there there do seem to be some guys that, you know, I'm just looking at a Fox Sports report right now just to be transparent about the site. But you're getting five guys with first round grades here 
as edge rushers. You know, you're talking about maybe outside of that, a Will McDonald out of Iowa State, redshirt senior that is going to be in the NFL draft. So he's going to be drafted high as that edge rusher. You know, a first to second round guy. That's when you start to get to the next 32 picks. And then you're talking about the Kansas State edge rusher, Uzoma, and Aduki Uzoma, whatever. So if you're talking about those guys, I, I maybe that would be a 39th overall selection. The edge rusher class, interesting. If, if it's not wide receiver, then maybe you go um, 39 overall. Yep, so we'll see how it goes. Edge uh, rusher. It's going to be a lot of guys sitting there and a lot of positions, man. We're going to be going heavy uh, talking about that 39th pick because there's going to be a lot of options there for sure. But our top option right now is to go to the last 50 flash of the day. It's a luxury pick. It is. We'll go back to Augusta National one final time. Sam Bennett has moved into second place overall. He is eight under, four over for the day, four off the lead. Colin Morikawa, his day is over, six under par. He shot a three under 69. Jordan Spees, he's seven off the the pace. He's five under uh, through 14. As of right now, Tiger Woods still two over, would make the cut. But some golfers that would not be around for the weekend, Bryson DeChambeau. Rory McIlroy, Sergio ah. Garcia, former Masters winner Danny Willett won't be around for the weekend, Bubba Watson. So we've got a great leaderboard, but we've also got some big names that probably won't be around for Saturday and Sunday. And then no Kevin Durant versus LeBron James tonight. They are going to sit KD and the core starters out. Also, the Mavs, they're sitting Kyrie Irving and other and other players tonight as they – I don't know what they're, they're going to sit the stars. It looks like yeah. a lot of the rotation. That is so bad. I mean, Dallas, what a complete dumpster fire. Jason Seriously. Kidd should be fired, right? Yeah, probably. I mean, it's, you got swept by the Hornets. Now you're resting stars. The final week of the final weekend of the regular season. Do you see? Do you see Mark Cuban? Did you see Mark Cuban? I believe what I saw was that he was blaming Jalen Brunson's family or maybe Rick Brunson yeah, for why he didn't it. sign him yeah, right, saying the right. dad got in his ear too much because they look awful because because Jalen Brunson has done all of this for New York the guys looked fantastic and you just didn't give him the contract extension when you could have so then you trade for Christian Wood Jason Kidd doesn't trust Christian Wood then you trade for Kyrie Irving you're gonna miss the play-in tournament this sounds great over this music by the way it does I'm giving you hot takes with the Masters theme going in there but you're gonna miss the play-in tournament and Kyrie Irving's going to be gone. And do you feel comfortable giving that guy a contract extension? No. Absolutely All the not. way, no. So, yeah, I mean, I'm telling Dallas, that's about as bad as you could get as far as the storyline, given what they did at the deadline. So when we come back, we close this thing down. This is the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
over the last hour of every Friday show from here on out. Now that it's baseball season, he's going to give you Billy Joel at the start of the 2 o'clock hour, and then he's going to end on the closer theme. Even if your guy isn't playing right now, you're still keeping it alive. You know, look, the Mets are playing their home opener right now. They played the trumpets for him because he's going to miss the entire year. But, I mean, look, Braves fans also kind of relate to this song, too, because Wilson Contreras uses it as well because he's a cheating, copy, and scumbag player. Okay, well, that's that's strong, but also, yeah, you can't really – you can't steal this. Yeah, I, I don't feel like you can steal this song, and yet here he is coming out to it. So yeah. it's, it's not better than Freddie Freeman coming out to call me maybe all those years ago, but it's still a very good song for Edwin Diaz to come out to. Oh, yeah. He's so great. I can't wait to see him back on the mound next year being the best closer in baseball. Okay, there you go. There you are dreaming once again about some (laughs) of the injured Mets coming back and helping you maybe get to a World Series. Although, if history repeats itself, then you won't. All right, let's go to the week that was. Fiddy, go ahead. Take control, man. What you got for us? All right, guys. Let's go back to the first segment of the show on Monday. Can't believe it. Everybody was all hot and bothered following the display on the court between LSU and Iowa in the Women's National Championship game. And Walker Mail got worked up and (laughs) he did something he's never done before in his radio career. Like, it's not that she was pounding her chest over different Iowa Hawkeyes that she was going for and then talking. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Talking trash. It happens. Ooh, talking trash. I'm going this close. Of all the things that you, close. I got to dump you with this. Yeah. It's talking close. <laughs> talking fired up. Talking trash. It's the first time ever. That's the first time ever in my radio history. I got really? That well, I'll give you a couple minutes Did of cool off. <laughs> I thought you were going to end on the dumped you like your ex-girlfriend did, which was a weird comeback from you, which was very weird, but you decided to go there. I guess I deserve it if I'm going to curse on the very first segment of a week. I just kind of felt bad, but did you hear me call you a rookie? Like I was bragging about how I've been in radio le- less time than you have. That's right. And it's I- not stopped you before. Yeah. No. Wes, have you ever had to been dumped? No. Very confidently. Are you ever going to have to be dumped? Probably not. I'm pretty conscious of what I say. Before. I mean, look, I, I got a new challenge. I thought so too. Wes. But then, yeah. I mean, I've been, <laughs> I'm not gonna say with 100 percent certainty. I, I've been, I have, I have been on air consistently since 2015, 16, and that was the only time. Yeah, it's, I'm not gonna say with 100 percent certainty. It's gonna be tough. It All took right. me six months. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised whatsoever. All right, what's the next sound bite you got? All right, so earlier in the week, we did a lot of role-playing on the show. I think Wes was taking us behind the scenes in his personal life. Mm -hmm. And we were doing some quarterback role-play. And because Walker is the certified uh, bro on the the show, he Mm -hmm. did a Will Levis impersonation that was maybe better than your Mitch Kupchak. Wow. Hey, Scott, what's up, bro? (laughs) You ready for this number one overall pick? Crazy, right, man? It's going to be lit. It's going to be awesome. It would be way more lit if you selected me, number one overall, CJ Stroud, please. I'm CJ Proud, baby, in a better body. You see this body? You see the six-pack, by the way? It's over. Can you can you see me throw like that? You want to see the sidearm? The, people, are, people are mad because I don't have enough touch on my throws. Would you have touch on your throws if you got a rocket for an arm? These guys are haters, and I'm not sure why they're hating on me like that, but here's the deal. Yo, Fit, my guy. 24 touchdowns, 13 interceptions two years ago, okay? <laughs> That's when I had my best year. That's what you should be evaluating right now. 
I was bragging about 24 that and 13. I, I bragged. That's exactly what Will Levis would do. <laughs> Brag about 13 interceptions over the course of a season. And I still – did I get – I got picked there. You, you picked Will Levis as you Scott certainly Federer. did. Uh, yeah, you picked C.J. Stroud, but you picked Will Levis over Anthony Richardson. Because, yeah, I've never heard someone brag about throwing interceptions the way that you did. And I That's like right. that confidence in my quarterback. That's right. I did. I'm going to throw you some interceptions, but I'm going to look great doing it. Also, did y'all see his workout pictures he released like over the weekend last week? I did not. There is now a question on whether if he's too jacked to be drafted at number one. I just is wonder he if that's too the, muscly. I wonder, if, I wonder if that's the mayo and the coffee and the banana peels helping his muscle tone. If it that's might what be. I, if that's what if I it is, do, are you going to start doing it? I might. I have to consider it. Yeah. All right. Number three. <laughs> we got on the top of the other day about Mel Kiefer's eating habits, and the research team got on it, and I dug up some, some more weird habits. And we all reacted some kind of way to the NFL draft analyst. You got something on the pumpkin pie stuff? All right. So it, it says that he consumes two to three pumpkin pies and 12 cans of whipped cream every week. <laughs> so much. We're not Dang. stopping there. <clears throat> he also, and I've seen you eat chicken wings, Walker, so maybe you do this too. <laughs> he removes cheese from pizza oh my, no, and I don't dips do it that. in his mashed potatoes. Oh, no. Whoa. I didn't know that was there. No, Mel. Cheese from the pizza and dips in the mashed potatoes. Oh. That's one of the oddest eating now habits I've ever he, heard of. Now we know why he likes Will Levis. Finally. He is the one screaming there are dozens of us with the odd eating habits. I'm sure he liked Pat Mahomes with ketchup and the mac and cheese, too. I will tell you, as far as whipped cream goes, though, it's a lot of whipped cream he puts it on. But when I was trying to diet and get my body right for, like, maybe two weeks, and I have a big old sweet tooth, whipped cream has, like, virtually nothing. And so you just... Go with a couple of squirts of whipped cream and you're good to go. Wow. What'd you think, Fitting? It's Easter weekend, guys. Are y'all going to be uh, <laughs> taking some cheese off your pizza and dipping it in your mashed potatoes on Sundays? Yeah, I might try it. I, I'm not. I'll let Wes, you tell us how it is because I'm not going to be trying that. You tell us how that tomato sauce mixes with the mashed potatoes and gravy. All right. The last highlight. Walker's been trying to break me and Wes up since we basically got together as a show. It's a shame. And yesterday may have been the first step in the breakup. We were talking about how much Walker spent on... His girlfriend's uh, dinner for her birthday. Wes asked me if I'd spend as much. I said an answer, and he rushed me. Fiddy, <laughs> do you ever see yourself taking a woman to a meal where you have to spend that much money? Yeah, I mean, I'm not against it because I've got fat stacks like Slim does. I don't yeah. know if I'm going to throw them down like that. I don't that. have them anymore. I just spent it all. I think the most I've ever spent was like maybe was maybe 150 It's a decent amount. You know? And how much was the transaction that you had to pay her when the date was over? Wow, I mean, that's, that's an amazing insult. I had that one lined up, buddy. So you said I had that lined up. Yeah. I was either, either going to do it for the how much you would pay or how much you have paid. <laughs> It'd be great if you would have answered that, too. Oh, it was only this much. Like, oh, 400. Well, oh, I, mean, right. I mean, y'all know how much I would pay. Two grand, wink, wink. Um. Ooh, oh, no. Oh, man. We're not touching that. Oh, we're not. That back end. <laughs> Definite inside joke. Oh yeah, that's too that's too much. I can't. No. The fact that you hit us with that, something we cannot talk about over the Ever. Air. The Ever. fact that you said you would do something weird for two thousand dollars. We'll just leave it there. But yes, the fact that you were just able to bring that joke out and in the smoothest way possible. He definitely did. Nobody will ever catch that but us. What's funny is at the beginning of the show we were talking about it, you were like, it wasn't that bad. Hearing it again, oh no, it was fantastic. Yeah. Yes. And now I this does lead me to one last topic before we pass it on to the Kyle Bailey.
Daily Show. I saw on Mac and Bone and their Twitter feed earlier today that Shroppy had a picture out there. Mac called Shroppy the most eligible bachelor at the station. Yeah, man. And now we've got photo evidence of him so people can get a look at Shroppy, see if he is date worthy. How do you feel, Fitty? Do you want to be in that picture as the most eligible bachelor? No, I'll let Shroppy have something because he just wants to feel a part of the WFNZ family. Mm -hmm. So he can be our most eligible bachelor. Okay. Very nice of you. I'm a team player. I'm not sure about the motives. (laughs) You know, a fitter, you just never know. I I think we have a photo every week just to make sure he is in the the consciousness. So we make sure we put a photo out there on social media every week for Fitty to be our most eligible bachelor. Is that something you're okay with? I think the first photo we should put up is me after Willie P's wedding. The one that flounder took? Yeah. There's not a lot of clothes in that picture. I know. All right. Maybe that'll do it. That'll do it for us. I know that. It's Weston Walker. We appreciate it. Thanks for joining us over the past week. We'll be back with you on Monday starting at 12 p.m. Until then, listen to Kyle Bailey coming up next alongside Smoke Ludwig. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.